0: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
1: Well, good morning, church. It's so great to be with you. Thank you for joining us online this morning. My name's Gareth, and myself and my wife, Hannah, we're the senior leaders here at Revive Church Newbridge. We're so glad that you've taken some time this morning to join us, to be with us, uh, to gather with us as we worship together. You've joined us on the last message of what's been a 10-week message series, looking at uh, the Beatitudes. It's a series that we've called Blessed, where we're looking at a series of statements that Jesus made in, in Matthew's Gospel known as the Beatitudes, or in modern English, the blessings. And we've taken time over the last 10 weeks, and you can go back on our YouTube channel to watch the previous nine messages, but we've taken time over the last 10 weeks to unpack these statements by Jesus, these sayings of Jesus about blessings, how to live a blessed life. And what we're trying to unpack as we as we go through this message is how we live that life Blessed, that actually there's more than just a blessing. When God blesses us, He always causes us to respond. He says to Abraham that He will bless Abraham and Abraham will be a blessing to others. So in this series, it's been our goal to help you understand how we can live a blessed life where we live blessed but live to be a blessing to others and how we outwork that blessing to make a difference. And in the passage where we find the Beatitudes, we can see they're part of a bigger piece of teaching. In fact, these statements are Jesus' introduction to the next three chapters that we find in the book of Matthew. And in these chapters, Jesus is teaching about a new way of life, a new standard, a new way to live your life life and he talks about attitudes at the start your thought process the things that go on internally and right at the end of Jesus's message he talks about fruit and he talks about trees and he says this that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit a bad tree cannot produce good fruit you identify a tree by its fruit and Jesus is saying listen what's on the inside will manifest itself will outwork itself on what people see. What's inside you will show on the outside. And and in Galatians 5, we see these same characteristics. Paul talks about them as fruit of the Spirit, and they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I believe what Jesus is doing here in Matthew chapter 5 is he's giving us Attitudes to live by, attitudes to have which will outwork themselves as external characteristics that we see in Galatians 5, those fruit of the Spirit. They're the fruit of what's going on inside. So today let's unpack that final statement that Jesus made in this list of blessings. And I'm just going to read a few verses from Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10 to 12, which says this. I love what the message paraphrase says here. It says that all heaven applauds. All heaven applauds when you endure persecution because you're doing what is right. You're doing what Jesus and God have called you to do. And the first thing I want you to spot in this text when you read the whole Passage when you read all those blessed attitudes, is Jesus has been talking about attitudes up to now. But as he closes this section, it's interesting that in in this bit he's not talking about an attitude. Actually, he's talking about a state of being. He's saying, listen, if you have these values, you will receive persecution. You're blessed because of, you're persecuted because of righteousness. And actually, when you look at the text, Jesus spends more time on this last beatitude because he he actually uses it as a springboard for the next part of his sermon. Jesus said this, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Some translations say blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right. I want to talk for a moment about persecution and what persecution is and what persecution isn't because I want to suggest very gently that there are some Christians out there that that have what what could be called a persecuted attitude. Uh, There are Christians out there that think they have the right to say anything to anyone and the moment they receive any comeback, they, they cry persecution. I've known Christians who have been rude. I've known Christians who have been insensitive. And can I say, being honest, I've known Christians who've just been annoying. Now, if you're a Christian and you're watching this and, and you're being rude and, or you're being insensitive or you're just being annoying, you know, if someone points that out to you, that's not persecution. You know, the apostle Peter writes this, be happy when you're insulted for being a Christian. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, for stealing, making trouble, or prying into others' affairs. The King James Version says, for being a busybody. Now look at that list, murder, stealing, fair enough. But he also adds making trouble or being a busybody, and he puts them on the same level as murder and stealing. So if you're poking your nose into someone's business, or if you're trying to stir up Trouble, And and if someone calls you out on that, that's not persecution for your faith. In fact, if anything, it's persecution because of your lack of it. What did Jesus say? Let your good deeds shine out. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Because of what you're doing that's right. He then goes on to say, blessed are you when people insult you persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. I see there are times in our lives when as Christians we will get insulted, we will get attacked, we will get lied about, but but that happens because we're following Jesus. Not because we're being annoying, not because we're stirring up trouble, not because we're poking our noses into other people's business, but because we follow Jesus, because we do what is right. We should expect to get attacked because we are doing what is right. I want to show you a picture. Um, This is a pair of trainers. These are ASICS gel trainers. They're nice trainers. They're trainers for running. Uh, Other trainers, I would say, are available. But these are the trainers I use for running and I've maybe done about a 1,000 kilometers in these trainers. But these aren't my trainers. These are my trainers. The first picture you saw a pair of trainers that were pristine. They were brand new. They were unused. My trainers are used. They're worn. They're dirty. There's bits starting to fray and the backs of them are on their way out. You see, I could have bought those trainers kept them in a box and put them in a cupboard and they'd always look like that first picture. But they wouldn't be fulfilling their purpose. They're running trainers, they're made to be worn, they're made to be used, they're made to be running and if they're being used right then they, you should expect they'll be put under strain and put under pressure. There will be wear and tear because they are doing what they are made to do. And in fact, if those trainers never show any signs of wear and tear, you're probably not doing it right. You know, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Going back to what Jesus said, he said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. You know, just like my trainers, if we keep ourselves in the box because we're scared they'll get dirty or we're scared they'll get wear and tear or we're scared that something will happen to them, then then yeah, they'll, they'll stay clean, they'll stay pristine, they'll stay safe, but they will never fulfill the purpose they were created for. They will never do what they were intended for. They'll never fulfil their potential. But when we do step into our purpose, when we do lace up our trainers, when we do get out there, when we start to live that life, the life, the way that Jesus called us to live, then, then we will come under stress. We will come under pressure. But that's the point Paul says in his letter to Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus will suffer persecution. It's interesting that Jesus talks about persecution right at the end of this list because the very next thing he says, if you read on in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are salt and light. And he goes on to say, you're salt and light, don't lose your flavour, Don't hide your light. You are meant to be used. You are meant to bring flavour. You're meant to be a preservative. You're meant to be a cleanser. You are meant to shine a light in the world. You're not meant to shine in your small little corner, but you shine for the world to see. Jesus said, yes, you'll be persecuted, but you're being persecuted because you are being who I've called you to be. Keep being salt." Keep being light. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, and I love the way he writes this because it's all about actions and attitudes, and there's a great parallel that goes on here. He says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, that that way of living for Jesus, we never give up. We reject shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God, we tell the truth. Before God, and all who are honest know this, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus can be seen in our bodies. Why do we do this? Why do we endure persecution so that the life of Jesus can be seen? And Paul continues in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Can I suggest that our attitude determines our outcomes? Our attitudes determine our outcomes, that when we have the right perspective, persecution is another opportunity to praise God, that when we look beyond what is going on now and we keep our eyes on the goal, you know Paul says in Philippians, I press on to reach the goal, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, well what lies ahead Jesus tells us, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There is a reward waiting in heaven for us. And our reward is connected to our commitment to Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for doing what is right. But what about now? How do we live now? We know there's a reward in heaven and that gives us incredible hope and confidence. But what about while we're alive? Well, Paul says this, he says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know they help develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You're blessed when you experience persecution. You're blessed when you experience trials and problems because it helps you develop endurance. You know, just like a runner who wants to develop their endurance, they will go out and they will run and they will run and they will run and run after run after run. They are developing their endurance. The more you run, the more your body can endure. Or like a weightlifter, you know, the more you lift, the more repeated stress you put on a muscle group, the stronger you become. And, and that's how we grow patience. I think... You know, the more you're exposed to situations that, that test your patience, that that gives an opportunity for your patience to grow. And, and I think personally, when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, we're talking about patience and self-control here. And, and I think that they, they have their differences, but they're very intertwined. Because I, I found usually when, when I struggle with, with self-control, it's usually because I'm not patient. It's usually because I'm impatient for something, or I might be impatient with someone, or I might be impatient with something. That, that actually when I when I sin, when I fall short, when I, I might lose my, my temper or lose my patience, it's because I haven't developed the patience that, that inside me to allow God to speak into that situation. I haven't developed the patience to to, to allow God to speak to me first or to ask god for help because because in that moment i'm the one who's annoyed i'm the one who's frustrated i'm the one who's having to wait longer than i want to for something to happen and if you notice it's all about me and i need to develop that patience that says okay god i'm going to put you first i'm going to come to you first in this situation so my self-control comes from having that patient heart patient spirit that says okay God let me put you first let me put your kingdom first developing those attitudes of Jesus that, that, that I pray will outwork in my life and your life as the characteristics of Jesus and I think that's what Paul says here he says listen As your patience develops, your character develops, your self-control will develop. And and from that, our confident hope of salvation becomes even stronger. We have a confident hope of salvation already, but it becomes stronger because we know we're living the way God called us to live. And then when we get to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, when we read the whole uh, chapter... You can see that Paul's overarching message here is a simple one. He just says, listen, the kingdom of God is more important. The kingdom of God is more important than my comfort. The kingdom of God is more important than my ego. The kingdom of God is more important than my agenda. The kingdom of God is more important than my liberties or my freedoms. Or actually, it's more important than my desires. And Paul says we have freedom, but he says don't use that freedom to put yourself first, because the kingdom of God is more important. Love is more important. Faithfulness is more important. Gentleness is more important. Kindness is more important, because these are the characteristics of the kingdom of God. So why should I try to develop patience in my life? Because the kingdom of God is more important. Why should I try to develop self-control? Because the kingdom of God is more important. And we live in this tension between two kingdoms. We have the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of the world is about strength. It's about aggression. It's about me first. It's about me over you. It's about greed. It's about making sure I'm the winner. But actually the kingdom of God is about others. It's about being poor in spirit. Realising we don't have it all together. That we're not enough. The kingdom of God is about people who are humble. People who mourn when bad things happen to other people. People who seek Justice. People who defend the oppressed. People who provide a voice for the voiceless. People with pure hearts and clean hands who search for peace. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of heaven. And in this world, that kingdom is radical. Paul says we nailed our passions and our desires to the cross because Christ has set us Free. You know, Jesus said, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Paul reminds us don't use that freedom to serve yourself, use it to serve others. Use that blessing of freedom to be a blessing to others. And just as we close this message and this series, can I encourage you as Christians to let your good deeds shine out? Be salt. And light in this world, because that's what we're called to do. And, and when you experience persecution for doing good, allow it to develop the fruit of patience, the fruit of self-control, in your life. And in this crazy time when, when the world needs Jesus more than ever, you've got a calling to go and be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You know, this week, use that freedom use that blessing to go and 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 bless others so that everyone would have their hearts revived their hope restored and their lives rebuilt i just want to close this message in the same way we have every week and that's to offer anyone who who doesn't know god or who doesn't have a relationship with jesus we always want to give people that opportunity to get their life right with God to come to Jesus to enter into a relationship with Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us that we might have life and life to the full. And, and can I encourage you uh, this morning that you are free and you're blessed? And, and you might be watching this morning and, and maybe it's the first time, and, and, and you've you've heard that line, you know, revive hearts, restore hope, rebuild lives, and you've seen it on our Media And and you're wondering what it all means. Well, it means freedom. It means having your heart revived. It means coming to God and acknowledging we're not enough without him. Acknowledging that that through Jesus' death on the cross, that, that he set us free from sin, that we can be forgiven of anything we've ever thought or done or said that was wrong. And actually we can be free of it. We can have a fresh start. The second part is having your hope restored. And that's all about freedom from your past. All about freedom from your past habits, your past hurts, your past hangups. You know, you're free to live the life God intended you to live. And then having your life rebuilt is about living in that freedom. Using that freedom to serve and bless each other. And you might be watching this morning and thinking, Do you know, I don't know God. But I'd love that freedom. I'd love that blessing. I'd love to live that blessed life. And we'd want to pray for you this morning that you'd experience freedom, that you would experience forgiveness. You'd experience the blessings of God, that you'd begin a life that is truly blessed. So I'm going to pray a short prayer and I'd love you to join with me. Jesus, I need you. Please forgive me. I confess my sins and I turn to you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you rose from the dead and today I give you my life. Today I begin a new life, free, forgiven, blessed. Help me be a blessing to others. Thank you God for setting me free.
0: Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.